Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 11. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Amen. The Word of God says, So Christ Himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip His people for works of service, so that their body of Christ may be built up. This time we'll have to go to God in prayer. Tim, would you lead us in a word of prayer, please? Amen. Thank you, Tim. You may be seated. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. What do you want to be when you grow up? Well, that's a big question, isn't it? You remember as a youngster deciding what that was going to be? I remember Sheila and I were going through some photo albums and looking through some different things that we had boxed up from my mom's house and had it in the back room for a long time, and we were going through it a couple weeks ago. And one of the things that we found in there is when I was in, I think it was about the second or third grade, one of my homework assignments was to go home and write down what I wanted to be when I grew up. And mom, being the wonderful mom that I had, I turned the paper in, brought it back home. You know what she did? She put it in a frame and hung it up in my room. Now, you're never going to, I can say one of the things you'll guess what I wanted to be when I was young, when I grow up. I hope you, I wanted to be a preacher, believe it or not. Even when I was in the second grade or third grade, whenever I did that. You want to know what the other one was? A basketball player. Wanted to be a basketball player. I got 50% of it right. Uh, the other part just didn't work out. Didn't get Joe Murphy's height. That was my uh, biggest problem there. But as, as a young child, you sort of have a dream of what you want to be, don't you? You sort of have a dream of this is what you hope your life turns into, where you're going to be, what, where you may live, who you may be able to marry, and all of those type of things, how many kids you're going to have. I can honestly tell you that when I was young, I never thought I'd be living on Reese Hurt Road in Metcalf County. I didn't think that I'd be preaching at Bethlehem Church in Monroe County. I had no idea. I didn't have no idea that at 56, right, Mama? 56 years old that I would be retired and, and my, Sheila would be retired and we'd be doing the things we're doing. I had no idea. But as a young child, your mind, your, your mind is fresh, isn't it? The possibilities are what? Limitless. You can do anything and everything and you think your future's all out in front of you. And praise be to God, we've made it this far. Amen? Even though it may not have been the exact path that you thought it was going to be, or it's, everything was going to turn out exactly like you thought it was going to turn out, but praise be to God, God gave you enough leeway that you were able to find your way to where you are now. Now, all of you kids that are here this morning that's listened to my sermon like Rhett does, you have a whole life ahead of you. And you have many things, and right now you're thinking about, what am I going to be? Some of our kids in high school, and in elementary school, and middle school, what am I going to be when I grow up? One of the things that we hope at the church right here, we hope that all of you not only have plans for your future as far as a family, or plans for your future as far as a job, or those type of things, or where you're going to live, or all those type of things, but the number one thing I think is the church that we want to be able to give to the ones about, around about us and to our kids here, we want to make sure that your future includes Jesus Christ in your life. Amen? 
That's a vital, key, important part of your life. And doing that and being that Christian, we want to share a little while this morning on, as you build on that, that we all have to work together, right? We all have to work together. Where do you want to be as a Christian? Have you grown as a Christian? Can you say, today, Brother Paul, I'm a better Christian now than I was the day I was saved? Am I doing a better job of praying and reading my Bibles that we preached about last week and being a witness? Am I, am I doing a better job of that? Can people actually see Christ in me? Can they see it how I live? Not by just my words or my testimony, but actually how I live my life. Actually seeing me become more mature in my Christianity and becoming more and more and more like Christ. And the scripture I read to you this morning, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be what? Built up. That's what we as Christians are supposed to be doing every day. We're supposed to be growing and building up others around about us. We've seen in the last little bit that so often churches are trying to tear down things, aren't they? And destroy what God wants a church to be. And destroy while the path that God wants a church to be upon. But as Christians, we should say, you know, dear Lord, I'm not only going to try to build up people in my family as a Christian. I'm not only going to try to help my wife or my, my husband or my kids or my mom or my dad or my grandma or my grandpa. I'm not only going to build them up, but I'm going to do my very best to help everybody, right? To have that Christ-like spirit in your life. And to say every day, I am going to do my very best to live in harmony and be in peace and to have the love of Jesus Christ in my heart and in my life. As I said earlier, we are blessed today with the leadership we have at our church. Amen? We are. But you know what? It takes all of us, doesn't it? It takes all of us doing that work of God. And saying to ourselves, we are going to mature as a Christian. I can say this because I've been your preacher here for a long, long time. If I was a young, mature uh, preacher, I may not say this. But you know what? The church is just not the preacher, is it? Amen? The preacher is just a person like anybody else. And you all found out something. You all can go on for four months without me as long as you have Christ. And as long as you're doing the will of God and everybody inside of the church is building up and not what? Tearing down. All working together for the glory of God. But how do you do that? Well, over in Ephesians 4.1, if you still have your Bibles open there, it says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. I, I am growing every day worthy of my calling. I am growing every day worthy of my calling. Do you know what God has called you to do or what God has called you to be? Brother Mark Kendall, when he used to sit over here and play the piano, all of you, there's not too many of you from back in those days to remember this, but he would get up and testify. You know what he'd say? Preacher, I'm willing to do whatever you ask me to do. I'll even clean the toilets. What's God called you to do? I believe it's more than cleaning the toilets, don't you? I believe that God has something for all of you in your call. You are special in the eyes of God. You know why? 
Because He breathed breath into your lungs. And He has given you something every day. You have a calling. You might say, well, preacher, I can't preach. Oh, that's all right. Preacher, I, I can't lead a Sunday school class. Well, that's all right. Preacher, I can't sing. Be the song leader or play the piano. Well, that's all right. But you bring something special to this church. You bring something every day. Maybe it's just a smile. Every once in a while when I'm preaching, it's sure good to see somebody smile. Maybe that's your calling. Every once in a while, it's good. You could just be a good ameneer, couldn't you? Every once in a while, you could just be that person that pats somebody on the back here at the church. Maybe you're just that person that's called to have that listening ear. You know, that takes a special talent, doesn't it? Just to listen to somebody and hear what concerns are upon the heart and their life going on. Are you worthy of that calling? My mom, God rest her soul, I loved her to death. But boy, she, she could just get on you quick. And she could cut you to the quick, real quick. You know, like you get your fingernail cut just a little bit and it hurts a little bit. And my mama could do it real, real fast. And when I was young, I would sing all the time. You know, when I was a little boy, it was so good. Because I would sing at church, somebody would give me a dollar. Boy, I thought I was rich, rich, rich. So every time I went to church, I'd sing. Well, you know, when I got a little older, <laughs> and there would be girls at church and all this type of thing. And I decided I'm not going to sing no more. I don't want to get up there. I don't want to mess up. I don't want anybody to see me get up there and sing and hit a wrong note or forget the words or not what, know what to do or what to say. And I just stopped, stopped singing. Well, my mama let me know one day real quick. Remember? The mamas can get in there, don't they? She let me know real quick. She said, son, when are you going to start singing again? I said, well, mama, I just don't want to. I don't want to. It's embarrassing. I don't want to. I wanted to say, well, a dollar don't go as far as it used to be. Maybe I get a little bit more than just that dollar. Mama, I just don't want to. Mama looked at me and she said, let me tell you something. And this is what she used to call me when she got really upset with me. Let me tell you something, Paul Edward Mills. God gave you the ability to sing, and God can take it away from you. And I said, what do you mean, Mom? He said, she said, God gave you a blessing to be able to share with somebody else. He can give that blessing to someone else. Folks, does my mama need to talk to you today? Does my mama need to say, what are you doing? You are blessed with a calling. God has given you something to do. Are you willing to accept that and do His will. Next, I'm growing every day to love others. Ephesians 4.2 says, Be completely humble, gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Putting others first is doing the perfect will of God. I believe we all can agree today, we need more of that world, and we need more of that love in our world today, don't we? Take out that hate. As Christians, that's not something you should have. Now, it's hard not to sometimes, isn't it? You might say, well, I hate that food. I don't like that food. Really? Is that a, a, the word that you need to have? Hate is something that just boils from inside, doesn't it? It's just something that raises your blood pressure, causes people to do unbelievable things to people and act in unbelievable ways to others. And sometimes they say words or do things or go on with those type of things, and that hate really just boils in. And not only does that hate affect you, it affects everybody around about you. Have you been around a person before that had hatred in their life? 
It just ate away at them, didn't it? As Christians, we say, I'm not going to have that. I want to have, I want to grow and working together as a church. I want to grow together and replace all the hatred that I have. And as much energy as I put into having that hatred in my life, I'm going to take that energy and put that energy in to loving people around about me. To letting them know how much I love them and how much I appreciate them and how much I want the very best for them. People say a whole lot of things about our church here at Bethlehem Church, and I'm sure they have throughout the years. But one of the things I think that we can all say here at Bethlehem Church is praise be to God for this. We love one another, don't we? And we would do anything for each other and be there for each other. We not only need to take that love here, what we need to do, take it everywhere we go. Let others see your love. Let others see how a Christian loves someone. Now, you might say, well, Brother Paul, are you saying everything is going to go great and I'm not going to lose my cool in 2024? No, you will. There'll be something happen or something take place or whatever. My daddy used to say in his, his, some of his preaching a long time ago, he says, you can really find out how good of a Christian you really are when you have a hammer in your hand and you get ready to hit that nail, but you miss that nail and hit this nail. You find out exactly what type of Christian you are. There's going to be those times in 2024, ain't there? Make sure you have the love to replace it. Make sure you have that love that is still there. And next, Ephesians 4, 3 says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I'm growing every day to have peace with others. I told Nick, it seems like no matter. We had a Sunday school lesson that we hadn't been a part of for Three weeks, two months, and we were finishing it up today from our other one we had, and we spent 15 minutes talking about having peace. Well, not all of you were here, and that was part of what we was going to preach about this morning. But peace, that's a big part of your life, isn't it? Without peace, your mind is never at peace, is it? It's always in turmoil, and it's always you're just going and going and going. You're living but you're just going through the motions of life. You're not actually having the peace that surpasses what? All understanding. You just don't have that in your heart and in your life. As a Christian, that's something that you need. Why do you have peace? Well, I can tell you why I have peace. People ask me and Sheila many, many times how we made it when we were in Vanderbilt. I can tell you how we made it. I knew this world was not my home. That eternity is the place that I can have total peace. And you know what? Praise be to God. All of you this morning that has turned your heart and life over to Christ, we're all going to have that home in the heavens where there will be complete peace, where there will be nothing that this world can throw at us anymore. That's your peace. That's your peace of knowing that it is there for you. So in 2024, working together as a church, yeah, there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be times when we're trying to figure out $50,000 for brick. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that. 
There's going to be times when we're trying to figure out this or we're trying to figure out that. And there's going to be times that our minds start wondering. But praise be to God, we can have peace because we're doing the work of God, right? That we are doing our very best to know His will and believe what He has for us in our lives. And finally this morning, I'm growing every day to please who? My spouse, my preacher, my kids, my boss. No, I'm, working, I'm growing every day to please God. In Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, it says, There is one body and one spirit. This is what you were called by one hope, when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. In your calling, we need to work on pleasing God. You know, I found out real early when I first started preaching, however many years ago that was, my dad had told me this and other preachers had told me this. As a preacher, you're not always going to please everybody. You're just not. If you pleased everybody, then you're really not doing your job, is what I was told. But we sit out in that and we tell our kids to try to please everybody, don't we? You try to please your spouse as best you can. Try to please your kids, try to please people that you love and people around about you. We spend a lot of time pleasing others and finding out things and trying to do our very best to give them peace and to have all of those things. But as a Christian, our number one job, no matter what, is to please God. I've always sort of had in my back of my mind, if it's all right with God, it's all right with me. And no matter what happens to me in my life, no matter what anybody says or how anybody acts, if it's all right with God, it's all right with me. I can deal with that. But you know what? Ugh. I've been there before. If God finds out you need to get straightened out and you're not pleasing God, let me tell you what. He can cut you the quick faster than Mary Mills, my mama could. He knows exactly how to get you back in line. He knows exactly what to say to you in your life. Work on pleasing God. I don't know what 2024 looks like. I've heard this past week some people talking about it, what's going to be, or what's going to happen, what's going to be the big trends that's going on, what's going to happen in the world, and, and all these times. They don't know. They don't have a clue. God does. God knows what it looks like. I do know one thing. In this new year ahead, we're going to need each other. We need, to, we need to be able to have each other to lean upon. And doing that, we're all going to work together with one common goal. We're going to work together to do the perfect will of God. And we're not going to tear down. We're going to build up. And we are going to do His work. As Naomi said, it'd be great. On the first Sunday in the new year, if you've not turned your heart and life over to Jesus Christ, today would be the day, so, today would be the day to do so. There's nothing that could happen more in this church today that would please God more today than anything else if somebody turned their heart and life over to Christ. It would also be a great time, first Sunday in the new year, wouldn't it be a great Sunday to have a new church home? If you've not turned that made that decision just yet and decided that you're, this is going to be 
your church home, we invite you to do that as well. We invite you to do whatever God leads you because you're not worried about pleasing the church this morning or pleasing the preacher. You're worried about pleasing God. How has God asked you to do that this morning? We invite you to find that answer as we have our closing song. Don't worry.